Recording in progress. Det är robot lady. Gjorde en old fashion. Vad innebär det? Det är uh, whisky med sån här... Med med, whisky och med smör? Exakt. Nej, oh, exakt. Och mm. Mm. Uh, och med whisky och sån här bitters. Angostura bitters. Aha, okay, och, och, ja. och lite is och... Ja, det är bra grejer. Hello and welcome back to Maiden A to Z. My name is Eric, and with me, as always, is my co-host Jonathan. Yes, yes. Uh, we have a full boat tonight, just like last time. Two reoccurring: one who you know very well, and one who hasn't been on for quite a while. Neither of you have been on for a while, actually. Yeah, but Henrik has been on plenty. Henrik, you want some welcome here? And, Hello. Uh, Anton has been on once, but that was a pretty good one. I think it was our, in, in terms of brevity, it was our number one episode because we got everything in there, two songs, in, I guess, under 50 minutes or so. Yeah, and but there, yeah, that we, was didn't, a, we didn't cut much yeah. away. That was really good. I mean, not that we strive for brevity, but it's nice to have at least done it once <laughs> and done it well because I don't miss yeah. anything in that. So good to have you back, Anton. Thank you. Good to be back. What's been up for you since last time? Have you released any music or... Um, Uh, I have actually. My mm-hmm. band released our debut album after a couple of years, so we finally did it. So we've been um, enjoying the release and played a couple of shows. Yeah, I met your drummer since last time, Ansh. I met him. Yeah, and was it after, after Blood Incantation, right? Exactly. Great show. Very nice guy. Yeah, he's great. Now, uh, for people at home who want to check this out, where, where, what's the band called and where, where can you find it? It's called uh, Katakomba. It's spelled mm-hmm. with two Ks. Katakomba. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, old school death metal. find it at uh, Tianor, which they are a merch distributor, and I think they're labeled too. But you can also find it on Spotify if you're listening digitally. Eric will like it. I can say right now that Eric will like oh, it. Oh yeah, I, mean, I, I, I do know from yeah. yeah I put some. I put some it. in our last one. I think I put a single in. The single then sacrifice. Yeah. Embalmed in concrete or, or something like that was the second single. Another full record out. Yeah, I, yeah, really I, I, got, yeah, I got a pre-listen from you, so I heard it early. But, uh, yeah, you did. It's, um, it's a bit different when it's actually out, listening to it. Yeah, sure. It's way different. Oh, you're agonizing! 
there might be a new album next year, or even this year. Yeah, we're writing a new album as of now, and we're planning to record it uh, quite soon, actually, in the summer. And hopefully we'll have something finished in uh, late summer. I'm just looking through the titles here, and you can very much... Uh, it, it, it's it, the, the title, you can you often tell... Um, yeah, this, this seems right up my alley. And you said traditional death metal, it seems very much... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, they're just... just Tomb of the Desecrated, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Tomb of the Desecrated, yeah. that's. It's a nod to uh, a famous death metal band called yeah. Calibur Corpse. Wow. Oh, we're familiar with them. Yeah, yeah. They've been on you are? A bit. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, now they're more central <laughs> in my life because, I'm, as you know, I'm podcasting with Greg Di Pasquale a lot these days. Oh, I listened yesterday, we, actually. We, we met, of course, on this show that you listen to right now, Made Nate to see. Yeah. But we have, we have our own So Far So Good, So so Far So Pod So What, even I say that wrong. And But anyway, he's from Buffalo. I've come to know that A, Cannibal Corpse are not from Florida, they're from Buffalo. Yeah. And B, Buffalo is a place that exists. <laughs> That's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, of course, then I listened a bit more. I was never really a fan of them, but... Uh, I mean, it's become closer to me that way, you know. It's yeah. almost family. It's almost family for him in a way, you know. It's the, 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 the one band from Buffalo you could say. I mean, of course, Mastodon are from the vicinity as well, and it's a it's a yeah. vivid scene in the in the state of New York for sure. Yeah, I've never been a big big Cannibal Corpse guy actually, but I really like the titles, like Tomb of the Mutilated. It just reeks death metal. Yeah. But that kind of death metal or Tomb of the Desecrated, in your case, it almost becomes yeah. a bit co- cozy. Almost, you know, it's uh, like an old horror, cozy vibe. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not that dangerous, really. It's just no, not really. No. Mm, comfortable. What is really dangerous? The uh, drill hip hop is kind of dangerous, I guess. Yeah, I think I think, I, yeah, I think there, there, there's yeah. I don't know that anyone is. I mean, um, if you look at the stuff like on the Cannibal Corpse albums, and I, 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 I you can't. I'm sure there's people who do sort of ridiculously think that they're meaning they're actually serious and this is actually yeah. something they're out doing. But from all, you know, it's it's obviously you know it's an yeah yeah. Now let's say Henrik, what have you been up to since we went to we had you last on the show? I can't remember. I saw Henrik play live. I'm gonna fill in. Yeah, I, this, Henrik I'm, is not one for boasting of his own <laughs> endeavors. I mentioned I was probably going. Yeah. At the end of an episode, and then much thanks to Joel for Made Important from last week as well. I did go because he didn't want to go alone. And I told Matthias it could be one of the better gigs this year. Of course, there's quite a bit of the year left, uh, but it was really good. And I'm very happy you feel that way. Yeah, yeah, and it was great. I mean, it was two two really good gigs in, in a weekend, a Friday and a Saturday. So, And we're very happy you came and shared the moment.
Put no stops. Or all stops. But how what is it? <laughs> no holds. <laughs> no, 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 no holds barred. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> pull no punches. No, no, no. There's something with stops as well. It's, it's the or, the or pulling, out, pulling all the pulling all. The, let me check. I yeah. Yeah, I'm happy I turned this into a language discussion. It's always fun. Of course, the singer in the band is um, the legendary Maiden fan as well. At least for us Swedes, he's yeah. one of the most yeah. legendary Maiden fans. So it was nice to finally uh, meet him. I, we talked just a little bit, but it was. It's a bit legendary figure for me, not because of his singing, more so because of his maiden fanship. But he also, it turns out, can sing really well. He can. Took the vibrato like three songs to get going, but after that, a lot of feeling. And you can tell, not that it sounds like any of the singers in Maiden, but you can tell that he puts in bits of all of them. He in does. a nice way, Definitely, in a nice yeah. way. And Matthias, mm-hmm. much like me, when he composes, he's trying not to go super Maiden. So you get this nice level of maidenisms in there mm. instead of like this obvious tribute to, to maiden then you might as well yeah, the gallops do. and the harmonies all the time yeah. yeah then just play maiden in my opinion yeah. yeah which is what we did the last two songs but that was the encore anyways that's fine innocent exile and killers back to back great encore. stops means just essentially attempting to do something with all available resources just going forward and just yeah. doing it. And that's what we did. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very good. Yeah. I co-sign. Of course, we forgot to mention the band's name. It is Dead Cosmonaut. The song featured was Concrete Sky from their album Expect Nothing. Also be sure to lend an ear to their latest effort. Gravitas. Special kind of song today, a bit of a rare bird. For several reasons, but one of them being, uh, this is, uh, as far as I know, one of the newer songs Henrik actually requested to be on for. Yeah. Probably the newest. I think this is the newest one. I mean, and I did request it just, well, not to... Spoiler and surprises, but I did request it because it's it's a song I think is fantastic, and mm. I might have requested being on some some other songs, but for some other morbid reasons that we might not get into. <laughs> but you're not, but you're not, you're not one to be very negative in a sense that I feel like if you don't like things, you don't. Use no, 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 no. But it could be like, why? Uh, it's a really weird song. Why did we, did they choose to do that? I remember yeah, yeah. Uh, we did an episode where was I on different worlds. Yes, you were. Yeah. Yes, you were. And, yeah, and that's that's, it's such a weird song. I mean, it, I can talk about it, but I, I, I'm not going to say it's <laughs> bad. It's just that it's so weird 
I think the composition is so strange. It's very grating at the end, though, when he's just singing a bit too high for very long. They're doubling yeah. up on there. But when I yeah. get there, it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, well. Because it could be a pretty good rocker, but, you know. Yeah, anyway. yeah it's, but it's, it's too long. As yeah, always. it's too long. Been there, done that. Yeah. We have not done yeah. Passchendaele, and we've been talking a bit about it. It was an early request for Anton. I think the last two songs we did was more like, you want to come on these? We got these here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think maybe The Fugitive, you felt, had some stuff that maybe uh, most people wouldn't have noticed, some good redeeming qualities, as you say. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. This one, Passchendaele, was um, one of the main requests on your end, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, mostly because I actually visited Passchendaele and the city of Ypres ah. uh, in two. 2018 which was uh to kind of celebrate sounds morbid but it was a hundred years since world war one ended yeah. so i kind of took a trip well, that's, that's a, to, yeah, that... to visit the whole city and experience it isn't there a word uh, this is also uh, well to look up if this word exists is, uh, is commem- commemorate is that a word yeah sure that seems yes yeah. that's that's probably mm-hmm. what it could be but i think celebrating the war sending is also i think i think that's a that's, I think that's a proper word for it. Um, yeah, maybe since it yeah, was yeah, hundred years yeah. since the war ended. War mm, ended. Yeah. 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 I feel if it was a hundred, if it was if it was marking the date of the battle itself, then yeah. perhaps celebrating would yeah, be yeah. the wrong word. Yeah. But, Agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was super special. We we. Uh, I can imagine. Went to the museum. I visited a couple of like graveyards or cemeteries. Uh, of soldiers, mostly of them were not even named because are are they one of these huge cemeteries with a huge monument, yeah. and then there's yeah. yeah the the huge scale of things it's in you can't grasp no. it, and it would be interesting to see it because just to know it. I mean, I've been to if we're going to talk about horrible stuff, I've been to Auschwitz and stuff like yeah. that. It's just it's just incredible. I mean, you can't believe what you're actually seeing. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I think if you're so inclined, it makes four of us, I think, because mm. I usually tend to visit uh, graveyards when I travel, and it's not like a, a dark goth lord, edge lord thing, or like, you know, something that I like the death, <laughs> I like the misery, mm. like that, that movie, what is that movie? I like the misery, I think it's called Cyborg. Do <laughs> <laughs> you remember Cyborg? I do remember Cyborg, yes. Collapse of civilization, anarchy, genocide starvation then when it seemed things couldn't get any worse we got the plague the living death quickly closing its fist over the entire planet and then we heard the rumors that the last scientists were working on a cure that would end the plague and restore the world restore it why I like the death I like the misery. I like this one. I like the misery. <laughs> it's, I, but I it's not because of that. Anyway, I was going to say, uh, in Lviv in Ukraine, I went to a cemetery with all those nameless graves. Yeah. A lot of, uh, because of battling with Poland and shit all the time. I mean, they, those two countries are situated in a bad spot when it comes to the 1900s. Yeah. And, well, mm. Clearly, evidently, still, it's a bad spot, I guess. Yeah. But, um, so I saw a lot of those nameless graves. It's a bit weird to see. It's kind of the same grandiosity as uh, the cover art of uh, Master of Puppets. Just yeah. no names mm. and just very, very properly ordered, very symmetrical. 
And I mean, Far also, Cry from from my local cemetery, which I also dig, and it's been mentioned before. Yeah, Henry, yeah. go. Yeah, but I mean, also, I mean, the the scale and the amount of dead yeah. dead soldiers is one thing, but it's also that this happened during a day. Or this happened during a couple of days campaign. Or not, it wasn't even a campaign. It was just a stalemate trying yeah. to kill each other. It's horrendous. And usually they were like 18 years old, which is like mind-boggling. Yeah. Younger than Dance of Death. Yeah, that's one way of yeah. looking at it. <laughs> that's weird. That's, it's, it's interesting because, mm-hmm. like, I mean, I also find that cemeteries are a very interesting place to visit. And you, I think you can learn a lot about a place just by you know, walking around. So, and again, it's not a really... I mean, a morbid thing in that sense. Um, I think that uh, there's a there's a lovely cemetery which, which Jonathan just mentioned called the Woodland Cemetery it's in Stockholm. I guess uh, one of the most it's an incredibly beautiful place. Mm. Um, but then I have been to places like um, when I was very young. I was we I, I saw Ar- Arlington Cemetery, uh, but not, not not we didn't really go into it. But that's that's the one in uh, well in Arlington where there's a where a lot of you know whole ton of people and from all, all kinds of wars are put there. My, uh, my, um, my godfather's there as well. And it's just rows and rows of these, these uh, gigantic fields of like, it's, it, it's, it's, it's huge. And it's it sort of, I, I didn't really, I mean, then I was so young, I didn't really, didn't, I didn't guess I really grasped what I was seeing, but like now when I look like pictures of it, like, wow, that's nuts. And now that is not obviously just one war. That is multiple ones. And a lot of people who there, there did not even die. In a war, they just like my godfather didn't die in a war; he died way after. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's um, it's it's one of the places like like uh, sometimes you can you can be, you can visit a place, uh, and when you when that sort of like something really terrible has ha- happened, and you can kind of and you know you can kind of like just sort of thinking about that stuff and being actual in a physical place with something like we were in, we were in Scotland uh, recently and we were we did a tour of these sort of underground vaults under this bridge. Where all kinds of horrendous stuff happen, and when you're sort of in the dark there, and you're walking around these tunnels, and you hear about the stuff, they're like, yeah, it, it does, it does get to you. It does feel a bit weird mm. because you're, you're you're in a place where there's there's so much. You're casually visiting a place where so much pain occurs. Yeah, yeah, it's, weird it's really weird. I also went to one of the con- one of the concentration camps. I went to as well. Brain Donk, it's called, and mm. it's also it's yeah. Uh, it, you totally describe it. It's really really odd and not very comfortable in those confounds. No, in those conf in those. I heard that people people always anyone who's visited one of the places say you know they almost always say you definitely should go but just sort of be be aware that it kind of changes you a bit mm. yeah yeah, yeah I because I would really recommend it to anyone to visit uh, Ypres it's like this yeah. little uh, quite a nice city actually like medieval uh, Belgian city which is really cozy but okay. once you get out of it it's in Belgium okay. it's in Belgium yeah mm. Brain Donk is also in Belgium oh it is then, yeah yeah all right. Yeah. Mm. But it's like really like once you get to these graves or the museum, it gets really eerie and ominous. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. it's not like a prime time belts and feast. Yeah, no, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing with we talked about Canva Corpse just now. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. Like, there's many of their lyrics that are laughing matters to me. But uh, one of my favorite songs in Thrash Matt, Lane of Death, mm. never been a laughing matter. No, no, can't be no, a that's laughing that's- matter. It's I love the song, but it's it's hard to to uh, to take yeah. anyway too. Well, it's also it's also more sort of based in in the very in a very in the very harsh real world, whereas perhaps some of the Chemical Corpse stuff is more in a kind of a horror fantasy you know, gore world. Yeah, 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 and it's sort of like it's in, in the same sense that you know if you're watching a splatter movie, you're probably not gonna you know it 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 you know it's so over the top that it's hard to take in a really 
it's, I mean, it's it's less, I guess, psychologically taxing if it's just a splatter horror. Yeah. Yes. So about the premise of the song, I was walking today, getting some groceries and stuff because uh, those shops will be closed when we're done, and uh, I looked at it and I listened to the song for the first time in a bit because uh, Dance of Death was felt a little bit in between the shares, as we say in Swedish, for me. Like I didn't really give it its due time in a long time. So I felt I needed to listen, and I, I kind of hoped it was a winter battle because I was walking in the snow and all that. But uh, seems to have been middle of summer, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, that's a good one. It should be. It's yeah, it's in July, right? It's the third battle of Ypres. Yeah. So well, it went on, I guess, for the latter half of 1917. But it's, I think, it started in so like it's July, late summer or summer. I'd say it's, it's around very summer. summer. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very summer. I think that's a very interesting thing about this song. If we're going to yes. sort of like hone in on the the actual subject at hand. And it is, the subject matter is very serious. And I mean, Adrian has gone on, gone on print many times talking about these songs and he wanted to have an attempt at making that kind of war epic kind of song because he's never done that, mm. but he kind of felt that Rock with up. the music he yeah. was coming up with. Yeah. So... I think it's quite interesting that the song turned out the way it did because it is very dramatic and I think it's also very urgent in the delivery and the way they play it. Maybe this is going uh, rushing ahead a bit, but we haven't really talked about the basics of it. I mean, no, but... well, it's the holistic vibe. Yeah, sure, yeah. From your from your from your perspective, mm. yeah. But because I think it's so I think that's one of the winning points of it for me is that it's it's so intense in a way that I can't remember any Iron Maiden song feeling that intense to me since I was a kid, you know, and hearing the early stuff. Yeah. And so I, I guess that was the main point that convinced me about this song when I heard it. Right away? It was actually, it was, yeah, it was very different. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to come up with now uh, while listening to it and thinking about stuff uh, to prepare for this episode and there are bits that to me do stand out a bit and one thing is the tempo the pulse mm -hmm. i can't come up with one iron maiden song that has the same tempo or pulse. where would you put it uh, digitally i guess numerically uh, uh, you want the bpm kind, or kind of ballpark ballpark oh no i I, I've, I haven't gone there but i mean it's if you tap it the thing is, the studio version is quicker than the live version as well. And the live version, I think, is a lot more effective. I like the live version more, yeah. I listened to both today yeah. two times. And the live version is uh, yeah. ripping, I think. Yeah. It's brutal, yeah. It's, um, there's only one thing I prefer in the studio, we'll get to it. But the live version, overall, mm. much better flow, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah. It's uh, cooler. I totally agree. I totally agree, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, so I don't know what, what kind of BPM to assigned to it but i think it's because it's it's shifting as well i mean but it is i can't come up with a song that has the same i mean try putting another song over that bpm grid and i'm i can't come up with one and i think that's one of the things that made it feel special to me because i was expecting sort of the the very iron maiden formula songs that sort of tend to ride in a sort of different spans yep. of tempos and how old were you again when this came out you were so i guess 11 years more older than i was uh, i still am today yeah, of course you are yeah. Yeah, steadily you're steadily we yeah. steadily have that kind of relation in between i here. was 
28, I guess. 28. So I yeah. must have been 17 then, and that's not the perfect age. Wasn't for me anyway to get this album because I had been such a, such a big fan for about four years, three, four years, mm. and I got in extremely yeah. critical because I was very. I think peak pretentious at that age. So, for example, this mm. intro, I was like, this is uh, on one string. This is just one string E, mi <laughs> e minor. What the fuck is this? It's mm. not very good. And then the beat, like, uh, I was like, dude, this mm. doesn't even groove. What the fuck is this? I was trying to listen mm. to jazz and stuff and uh, just being a <laughs> dick about it, really. So, uh, this has taken me a long time to return to this album in general. And this song, mm. I noticed yeah well by you and others that it's a really big song and i felt like okay i'll wait until we do the episode and then i'll get into it again mm. so that was today that i really listened uh, properly again and it has some parts that are really really stand out really really good mm. and very grand mm. so i get the hype yeah but i think even the parts that to my mind are the made and standard or, or maybe that i would assign to this is the uh, this is a steve bit or whatever even those parts I find are quite, I mean, I don't, there's nothing in this song that I don't find relevant in one way or another. Mm. And I also feel that the way it's arranged works. The only thing I think is strange is that they didn't put all the three guitar solos after each other. Well, actually, we'll get to that. I, I like that bit, actually, but yeah. Okay, yeah. Anton, what about you? About the solos in particular? No, about the song in general. Uh, I agree with Henrik that it's really well arranged and it's, isn't it like eight, nine minutes? Yeah. But I, but I think it's not in, um, in vain. Everything fits. It, yeah. It kind of flies by, yeah. doesn't it? I noticed today. Yeah. I listened four times. It, it wasn't that grating. To and the honest. orchestration also really serves the song mm. instead of just being there because I mean, you gotta do something with the keyboard in the corner, I suppose. Hmm. Or behind the curtain, rather. <laughs> behind the curtain, yeah. It really, <laughs> yeah. it really, yeah. It serves the song. I may be rushing now, but I really like the lyrics too. Let's do a yeah. bit of them. Huh? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's easy to like uh, be on the nose and just. I mean, it's the Alexander the Great problem where you just name things off of Wikipedia. But I think this is done very carefully and with taste. Like when it all kicks in and Bruce sings, laying low in a blood-filled trench. Yeah, that's, that's, um, yeah, I really like that. Laying low in a blood-filled trench. Killing times on the day. Oh, death on my face. I can feel the falling rain. Never see my friends again. Hit the smoke in the mud and rest. Smell the fear and the feeling of the head. Took me time to go over the wall. Rapid fire at the end of a song. I mean, it is sort of listing facts in the same song because that's sort of some people yeah. like doing the, but is doing it doing it in a very poetic way. I yeah. Feel. So it, it sort of it, it works. And those trenches, I mean, from studying the the little history I've studied, those trenches that was not a good place to lay. No. <laughs> the piles of corpses and. Yeah, I think one thing with the lyrics. I mean, in in total contrast to Alexander the Great, because Alexander the Great is more like a calendar over over Alexander the Great's life, really. While this one is, I think it's describing scenes from the trenches, rather. and Because that's what I find. So, as you say, laying, laying low in a bloodfield trench, or the one thing, the, the whistle shout, the whistles shouts yeah. and more gunfire. I mean, paints lifeless scene. bodies. Yeah. And I think it's, 
No, I, th I think it works. I mean, it's still a mouthful to sing. You can tell when you hear Bruce sing it live, but it's the lyric, the words convey an image of the, the horrors. It's rhythmically interesting too, right, this tune. It has a bit of different odd rhythm. I don't know, I haven't checked out or broken down rather the, the different timings of it or time signatures rather. Everything is 4-4 four, four in, in is it, it, I would say, yeah. Okay, so it's just uh, some maybe over the, over the bar sometimes? Yeah, it? it's just the, the choppiness of, of stuff in it. that, And I mean, that's another very unique thing that it actually, many parts of the song don't have a, a solid groove under them. They have these... Yeah, which I didn't like as a kid. I can appreciate yeah. it now, though. But as a kid, mm. I was like, you guys don't know how to groove. was yeah. my initial reaction, you know. And I love the way that they, they do them. And then for the second part of, the, of a verse, Nico goes into the groove. I come cool. across as overly positive about this song, but I am. Yeah, so, well, yeah. for once. <laughs> it's not for I mean, once. It's really good. Oh, he's been bad about the songs too, but not, not yeah, for a newer one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the, uh, before you come in, Eric, I will say about the rhythm. There's one riff that totally I misunderstood totally. It's when I heard it first time, I was like, you guys are retards. No, not really. Sorry for the language. I mean, I was 17. But when I heard it today, it's like, this is pretty Badass. cool riff. You know? yeah. It kind of like goes to that time period in a way. You know, you got maybe got some orchestra horn arrangement. Or... <laughs> so the other, yeah, 17-year-old me gets the, uh, what is the word? Yeah, well, so luckily I'm not anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah, but my, my reaction was a bit the same when I heard heard it the first time. I thought, well, this is a Steve Harris bit. But the thing is, it's it totally works. I think it's it mm. it's got that military marching kind of vibe or whatever it is, at least in a heavy metal context. And I yeah. think it's it's totally motivated in that song. Yeah, and it's oh. probably one of the heaviest riffs they've done. I think. Yeah. It's down there with To Tame a Land. That's heavy too. Yeah. We talked a lot about that one yesterday, actually. We mentioned that yesterday because we did the parchment. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the parchment is, to be fair, parchment is pretty heavy too with the. It's that kind of vibe, you know, when, when Steve digs heavy on eights. You know, I, I don't know if you guys uh, are aware of this, but uh, I'd say Iron Maiden have touched on the subject of war uh, previously. I've heard <laughs> about times. this a time or two. In this case, I, I feel the music perfectly matches the very the, yeah. in the very cool dramatic way yeah. what's going on and and you know the feeling because a lot of times, I mean the trooper, 
and, and you know, is about a is about a uh, not particularly fun situation as well. But the music there is very upbeat and cheery. I feel can contrast what's going mm, on. Yeah, I, but I mean, I, since I, you bring up the trooper, I gotta say, in its defense, I guess. Bef- I mean, we I love the trooper, so I guess it doesn't. I guess it don't need any defending. But I mean, if you look at it, maybe it doesn't seem so epic. It doesn't mm. seem so like it just a normal war song. But I will put that lyric up high in the maiden lyric. Oh no, no, I mean, no, I know. I, I, I think you I would just, too. But I'm just saying for anyone that might think that. The troopers with the happy music that it would be just you know a throwaway word theme song but that's a very interesting song like the premise of the song is that they would they know they're gonna lose mm. that's what in, what's interesting yeah. about the trooper yeah. they know going in that this ain't gonna work and just doing the duty which brings an incredible tension into this particular battle and that song's lyrics but mm-hmm. to go back to your point eric of course yeah. the song itself is uh, maiden's paranoid which i love you know love that song but it's more so just i took that as, as, as an example just but like for this i feel it doesn't sound so grave no it sounds pretty rocking and happy yeah. no n- yeah and like it's it's associated with like you know uh when that comes on at a gig people you know go fucking nuts whereas i think some people go nuts for this song too but it's a very different vibe this one has a very yeah. dark vibe yeah I feel all the way through yeah uh, we talked about the live version i listened to the dortmund one um I, I sat out on this tour sadly i wish i hadn't but uh, i listened to the dortmund one now and he's doing this little intro speech as well which he will do sometimes for trooper two and that one was good i don't know where is it from he recited parts of a wilfred owen poem yeah hmm. what passing bells for these who die as cattle only the monstrous anger of the guns only the stuttering rifles rapid rattle no mockeries for them from prayers or bells nor any voice of mourning save the choirs the shrill demented choirs of wailing shells and that's really interesting because a couple of years earlier i have studied english at the university and wilfred owen poetry had been part of the curriculum Huh. So I recognized it when he started doing it, and I felt, well, that's this is that's quite clever, you know. And knowing he used to do the William Blake thing and stuff, yeah. the Chemical Wedding, so it was really appropriate. I felt and Shakespeare with Eva Lepman do on yeah, the previous tour, that's yeah. true, yeah. or two tours back. Yeah. So uh, it was really um, no, I, it, it felt really, and I mean, it was dramatic with all the sound of yeah. the shelling and stuff and the explosions going on. It's my favorite of his poetry recitals on stage. That's yeah. my favorite. Uh, yeah, mine too. Today. Yeah, it's really, really, well, it sits quite well. Fitting and uh, like, tasteful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, adds to the drama. It's not only like, hey, I'm book smart. It's a bit over that level, you know. It is, yeah. It's from the Anthem for Doomed Youths, I think it's called. All right. title. Yeah. And I mean, Wilfred Owen himself fought in the war and he wrote loads of poems and he was uh, traumatized not not a weird concept in that kind of war. So he was in a, at a hospital where he wrote this one, and then he was sent back to the conflict, and he died oh. more or less a week before the armistice. So that's, that's a proper tragedy. Yeah. Jesus. Tragedy is powerful, isn't it? It is. I'm not that old. I know people who've been in that war in particular. Um, my, my granddad, he was on his way over, apparently, when things sort of... Mm. Did he die in battle, or how was it again? No, he died a lot later okay, than that. Okay. So he was, uh, he, God, so he was on his way over. You had over. a godfather? No, I, I can't remember. You mentioned uh, yeah, yeah, I had a godfather. Oh. He died, but he died uh, like just a few years ago. So he, he wasn't. He also, but oh, okay. he was. In, he was in. Um, he would have been in the second. Oh no, probably the Korean War. Oh, I'm not sure. It was a war veteran. Because, yeah, because, 
Yeah, but the thing is, he was also one of the ones. Like, if you go when you when you, when I was in his house um, this past uh, this past uh, summer, you go into his old office and there's like medals upon medals of all all kind of like every medal in the world is fucking. He's got he, you know he got them all. Mm-hmm. But he would never talk about what he did there or what he uh, what he saw. It's, it's, it's not like it was classified or anything. So he doesn't want it. He didn't. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he didn't want to revisit that. Uh, yeah. Urgent, urgent. No, he I didn't can, have an urgent, <laughs> an urgent need to revisit the horrors. I guess I, I, I totally get that. No, and I, yeah, I think I think it's also the love, just the fact that I think a lot of this stuff is, is is uh, is enough. It's horrendous enough to essentially drive any sane person a bit, you know, off the deep end. Yeah. So I think that it's not surprising people come back and don't really come back all the way for a while. Or at all, some people. Some people don't. Some people yeah, never are. Never yeah. I'm just uh, observing the Swedish Wikipedia here for the third battle of Ypres. Is it yeah. Ypres? Yeah, Ypres. Ypres. And then it actually mentions Harry Maiden as well, this article. But first it mentions Sabaton, then Maiden. It should have been the other way around, I think. But otherwise, uh, good on them. Because apparently Sabaton did a song about this too on uh, The Art of War. I'm sure they... Mm. Prize of a Mile is the title of that one. Mm. Pretty good title, I have to say, even though I'm um, far from a fan. Um, Good title, Price of a Mile. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's very telling for that that conflict, the First World War. It was just, just. Oh, I, I think it was maybe the the, the the yuckiest war ever. You know, the most uh, appalling war ever in a way I've heard yeah. because a lot of technology was quite new at the time. Yeah. But a lot of the, a lot of technology was also old and rusty and rugged at the time. So there was mm. a, a level of death, or as the start of this like death machine was really that war as much as as far as i know paradigm if anything i think yeah yeah yeah, exactly paradigm shift i guess yeah Yeah. i heard there were russians involved in this war that they were sent in with axes for weapons all right yeah and farmers sent to war as well you know have no clue Uh, that's another thing they saw the planes they had never seen a a plane in their life i think that was this war as well and thought they were like demons or some shit you know Mm. so it's it's paradigm shift is a good yeah, yeah. To put it, Anton, it's the yeah. first proper mechanized war, I think. It's oh, also a good way to put it. War where you had the well, the British called them tanks just because they didn't want to disclose what they were working on. So they said tanks so that the enemy would think they had water. They were water tanks, but it's actually, and that's why they call them tanks because the the, the proper fighting piece of fighting weaponry. I had no idea that that, that that's where the, so that's where that, that that's from, what right? I've heard. Yeah, yeah, so, mm. uh, that's really cool information, Henrik. Yeah. Listen and learn. It's <laughs> <laughs> actually really good. And now there's really going to be tons there. of comments of people saying, oh, that's a myth, you know. <laughs> I've been wondering why they're called tanks, you know. So it's the best explanation I've heard anyway. I've never yeah. heard it before. Cool. I remember the first time hearing this and uh, sort of what um, grabbed me immediately was the uh, the intro with the, uh, you know, first you just have the, uh, Bit of symbols, and then you have the this really cool uh, tapping. Yeah, the, the symbol pattern is quite erratic, ain't it? Mm. Is it? I mean, it's yeah. Not... You mean the drum, the drumming? Yes. Yeah, the it, symbol it, rhythm. It's a bit erratic, isn't very it? Very haphazard. I mean, it doesn't yeah. work with the rhythms at all. But I mean, he keeps the time, and that's what he's there to do. I think. Yeah. Bit. It's a cool effect. Yeah, it is. But it's weird. And I went, yeah. Yeah, kind of weird. Erratic, I guess, is the word for it. And the, the, this, the line itself, Adrian addressed in the documentary, mm. saying that it was something he was noodling. It sounds very noodle, too. But yeah. He, he said that it would suggest conflict. I mean, uh, I agree with that. Mm. And that's, that might have been the impetus, you know, the start of, like, uh, I'm, I'm going to go for this war epic because this is something I can work for that. 
I'm not sure if Bruce was in there too. You know, usually it seems like Bruce is always in the quarters when Adrian is noodling. Yeah, and he's coming I don't in. know. That one, that one. Yeah, that's cool, Adrian. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't read or seen anything about that Bruce would have been involved in the creation of the song. But I mean, when it came to recording it, I'm sure he had ideas of how to what, emphasize bits. Smith stuff. Harris? Is that it's a, a Smith Harris song, yeah. Mm, so th- that's always an interesting one, though. Smith yeah. Harris. Like uh, on the new album, you got the, another war song by them, the, the title track. And then I think previously, Eric, can you fill me in with this? Smith what, Harris. While, the, while this Dreams is one. It's, was yeah, also, also the of Mother of Mercy, was that Smith Harris, Eric, you recall? I think so. Let me, let me just go ahead and check. It might have been, so we actually. Got, so we know. That's another song I underrated, actually. It's a pretty, pretty good song. But that song I wanted to mention before, it utilizes one of the most common Maiden War themes, which is like, I'm just this random soldier dying in a hopeless bloody war. Mm. This song doesn't really take that perspective right. It's a bit more fresh in terms of Maiden's catalog in the perspective. Maybe scenes, like you said, yeah, more so than uh, the tragedy of one soldier. Or yeah, what do you think? And I think this is part partly because Adrian has written some of the lyrics, and I've been trying to deduce which parts might be Adrian's and which might be Steve's. But it's it's I, I can't really I can't make any sense of it because it's. Everything is sort of the portrayal of the horrors. That's what yeah. the lyrics are. So, and the unknown soldier, unknown grave. Yeah, that kind of. Also, that's a bit of that. Yeah, my favorite line is, I guess you mentioned it: whistles, shouts, and more gunfire. Yeah, you know, because I like descriptions of audio in audio. Mm. For some reason, it just adds <laughs> something. I don't know. It adds more than having a whistle in there. Just him singing that. Uh, Adds to the, the the narration of the story. Lifeless bodies hang on barbed wire. Is also like a very World War One type. Yeah. Scene again. It's it's scenes. I think that was a good description. Yeah. Battlefield, nothing but a bloody tomb, tomb of uh, desecration. Yeah. Yeah. Tomb of the desecrated. I was going to say that the uh, the next uh, couple of uh, Smith Harris ones were uh, different different worlds, uh, um, and then then was uh, Satellite Fifteen and the Final Frontier, and then it was Mother of Mercy, and then we also have Isle of Avalon, and then on and let me see, yeah, well, those are those are the ones that came so directly after it, but um, we probably got something in Book of Souls. Yeah, because there's a lot of Smith Harris dick and something. Yeah, and of course, if you look at the early Smith Harris, like Number of the Beast, no, oh, um, The Prisoner, soon coming up on this show. I think that's Smith Harris Dickinson too. It's just that Dickinson couldn't get the credit. Yeah, exactly. When the river runs uh, runs deep, we got that. Well, that's one of theirs. And we also have Tears of a Clown, and that brings us up to Shinjutsu, which, I, if I recall, it is just the title track, correct? Yeah, should be. Then it's Smith Dickinson on the other Smith tunes. Correct. 
Mm. Yeah. Smith Harris is a cool combination because they are so different. They're totally different guys. Yeah. Musically and I mean in every way almost they're different. Mm. That's why there's such a good alliance. And maybe that's why they fell out as well, you know. Are you in this a hundred percent? Yeah. Uh kinda. Well the kinda is not enough, you're out, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting that the uh, when it I, I touched upon earlier the guitar solos and the way they were arranged with the vocal verse in between. But this, the, an interesting thing to me is that Dave has the first solo, I guess. Yep. And, yep. and his, it's a really good solo. Yeah, first and his really solo, yeah, and his solo has a different chord background than the other ones. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of those things that I felt, well, this is really weird. Why did this happen? Because even the verse that Bruce sings in between Adrian's and Janik's solos has the uh -huh. same chord structure as the, the yeah, surrounding Yannick's solos. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Which is a normal chord structure, I guess, for the song, or is it in key? It's, Whereas Dave's, Dave's well, is higher or lower? They are all changing keys. So okay. I think, let's see now, the, the thing is in E, so... Dave's solo is in E, and then Adrian's solo is in. His is the really his is the one that goes. Is is that sort of like C sharp or something like that? It's a also a very good solo. That one it has one lick that's like. Very musical that one. Yeah, it is <laughs> very musical. Yeah. Lift. And then we have that verse, which is in G sharp. So it's really, and then come, and then comes uh, Janik's solo in D, I think. So I did play through it last night, just to. Yep, they're pretty good at um, modulating for the solos. I rearranged a song yesterday for one of the upcoming albums, not the heavy metal one, the more extreme metal one. And I thought like this song is pretty diatonic, which is a nice change for this record. But the solos, it needs to something needs to happen here. It's not super easy. You can't just superimpose it, like uh, um, go up one. And you need to think about it a little bit in terms of which chord to bring you back. Yeah, uh, but it can be pretty simple. Like Ace is high, Adrian's bit. Uh, you're going back. You're going to B minor, and then you go back to A minor. Mm. That's pretty simple via the E, a very common tone of both of them exactly. at the end of of the backing of his solo there. So, but you still got to think a bit when you do this. So it's not as easy as just throw in another key. And Maiden are pretty good at this. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and they and they make it. They they never make a transition. They just change, and I think that's yep. very effective in this one. There's only one bit of this song that doesn't have a perfect flow to me, and that's when you go da 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 flow yeah so i, I mean I, i'm this is not really critique in that sense it's more so i'm saying it's really cool that it, everything else has such a flow so that bit stands out because that bit is not particularly jarring either no but it's the only bit i can find that has a bit of the 
thrown in feel. Yeah, and that's what goes into the guitar solos. So yeah, and they are among the best of this band. I absolutely, think. I yeah. yeah. That before absolutely. that was, uh, I was today years old discovering how good they are. You know, <laughs> I mean, I purposely, I, I purposely been waiting because this song is like, I knew you two wanted to do this. Yeah, mm. and I know your music a bit of it, and it's like if these guys love this tune, I gotta give a proper chance. To this song, yes, I you mean, should. I many yes, you should. <laughs> yeah, and I finally did. Yeah. And of course, I waited until good for you because, uh, yeah, good for me, really. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is good for me. <laughs> but I mean, I could have done it earlier. But I waited to today because I wanted to be have, have sort of a fresh experience. It's one of my least listened to songs yeah. by the band. Mm. So uh, uh, actually, it's um, an episode I've been, in that sense, been very looking forward to, and also worried about if I wouldn't get it. Like, what kind of attitude would I come in with? Mm. But, uh, I kind of got it today, mm. you know, it, nice. it it's, works, it's a cool track, it's uh, an album that I think is vastly underrated by me and many other Maiden fans over the years. Mm. It has some clunkers, but it has some strong songs. Yeah, I mean, I, f- I felt that Dance of Death was, to me, a lot more interesting than I felt that Brave New World was, but then I was as skeptical as I could be when that one was released, so right. I guess that sort of explains it. And then this mm-hmm. song brings it to another level to, for me. And also hearing, I'm not saying that Wildest Dreams is a fantastic tune, but it worked really well in the summer tour of 2003 when yeah, they brought yeah. it out in the I set. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I've said it before on the show. I thought it was great live yeah. uh, on, that, on that tour. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I promised I would tell you about a new album we've got in September this year. New Iron Maiden record. The album is going to be called The Dance of Death. And um, we're going to play a new song from it for you now, all right, if that's all right? Yeah? Thought you might be curious. Of course, if anybody's brought uh, a tape recorder, a, uh, a mini disc player, or uh, a camera by accident uh, today, of course, and you want to record this song, and you want to send it all to your mates on the internet? Well, you know what? That's okay. In your fucking dreams, your wildest dreams!
a happy rocker. Yeah. There are bits in this song that are very interesting because when it comes to vocal harmonies in the the very sparse that made yeah. them do live nowadays. Who is doing that live on the record? Uh, Dortmund? It sounds like Steve. Right? Steve is doing it and Adrian is doing the, the last bit that's a, that's a harmony, but Steve is doing two of them. For a long time too, right? And very sounds very nice. I don't know if it's a studio add-on because the harmony vocal sounds really They good. sound very good. Either yeah. he really nailed it on stage or he really did it in the studio. Uh, I mean, it doesn't matter that much to me. I'm, I'm not against that kind of stuff. You know, I'm okay with it. But the, the main point being, it sounds great. Yeah, it does. So, and even better than on the record, to me. Yeah, I agree. Truth has a human heart. Every man must play his part. Tell all the men we kill. The human heart is hungry still. Standing back for the very last time. Got as ready as a standing line. Nervous wait for the whistle to blow. Rush above. And I think that's also because on the album Bruce sings a harmony to his to his vocals, but he sings the harmony an, an octave lower, whereas Steve ah. sings it's only a quarter lower, i.e. Uh, he's actually uh, doing the fifth in the scale. So yeah, all right. In uh, the great. bodies of ours and our foes, the sea of death is overflows. That, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, and it's so effective. I, I, you can totally see why Steve is doing the fifth in live because that's a lot more in his very limited but very effective register yeah. when he's going to do backing Yeah, I mean, stop, stop me if I'm going too far, but that's the best piece of Steve vocals I've ever heard. Yeah, I think it's great. And yeah, it might be, actually. Yeah, and it's also just fifths. I mean, you could almost think that they were Alice in Chains for just singing like oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, wood yeah. or something. That yeah. has the fifths, right? Mm. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I think it's very I'm eclectic. I'm my master. That part. Yeah. I'm my master. That's a good song. It's a very good song. If I could, would you? <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Maybe their best song. I don't know. They got it's got really loads good. of good songs. Yeah, sure. So I think that's a very interesting thing, but because they did, I, th I think they said, "Isn't this a kind of harmony in that part?" Yeah, it is. And then they sang it, and Steve just belted out what was best for him, and they did it live, and it works so well. Yeah, I think we've heard that that was a tough one to nail live. So I'm very happy they did. And they yeah. weren't, you know, I've spoken many times of them being comfortable dogs at this age. Of course, now this is 20 years ago, but they were still starting to become comfortable dogs. I think this tune was hard work for them to, to pr project that well. I think it was because Nico's been ta talking about how difficult he feels the song is. And I guess it's a bit to do with the... I'm not going to say stop start, but that it's all this different. The different segments need need a different treatment, and that's where and odd grooves, you know, again, odd, yeah, like, and odd uh, grooves. The hi hat bit, it's an odd groove. Uh, because Nico, yeah. Nico, made, they make a short melody kind of thing, and Nico does a a, a thing where he just closes the hi hat, and it's so effective, and it's so much Nico doing the groove thing. Yeah, he's good. He's good with the hi hat shower. Yeah. 
Is there anything more important in the lyrics that we should address? We addressed the theme plenty, but I mean the lyrics themselves, the actual poetry of it. There's a lot of words. It, it's a lot of words, and it's some parts are rhyming and very nice, and some parts are not at all. And I don't know if that's purposely or if it's the way it worked when you, when both Steve and Adrian have written bits of it. I like that it's short rows. Yeah, like four, I like four words per row. Yeah. Nice, right? It's a nice few. Um, it brings probably adds to the flow of the tune, and also like cruelty has a human heart. I like that. So it's not like man has a cruel heart. Cruelty no, itself no. has a human heart. I like that's a very it's a, profound row. You know, it is. It's very. It's very good. So we have a full listen through. Mm. Standard E minor, right, Henrik? Yes, sir. Hammer-ons and pull-offs, so you could play this with just the left hand. Kind of. If you have a long hand. In a field he lay, lonely soldier on the grave. Oh, tapping, right? yeah. yeah. On his dying words he prays, tell the world of Passchendaele. The first time this riff comes in, it goes from E E D D C C B B, you know, and but all the time for the rest of the song, it's C C B B A A G G, I think. <laughs> so I don't know why they have that different bit in the beginning, and then it's diff- then it's a- another one going. It's kind of like uh, Metallica tune, uh, the thing that shouldn't be, where it's only one time they have two accents in the riff, and then never again. One time. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I- you know, it's just uh, maybe something that just occurred. Yeah. I like this melody as well. Yeah. 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 This breakdown is pretty cool too. Synthetic orchestra works well here. Yeah, really does. I didn't even think about it. This verse is the opposite. There they has, Nico has to groove first and then he goes into marking on the cymbals. Here is Steve's harmony again. Yeah. That he does live, of course. That's it's Bruce on the record. Nicely when it goes rocking on the ride. Yeah, great yeah. song for Nico actually. 
Yeah, it is. I like this break. I would not call this start-stop. This is just adding to the uh, tension. It is, yeah. Is this a Steve Mandarin? I think sounds it could yeah. be. Yeah, it good. sounds like it's a good it. melody. But it still follows that sort of like syncopated feel for of the da 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 da. Yeah, he, maybe he's starting yeah. there and going. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know who wrote what. Obviously, no one really does. But uh, no. it's a good one. Yeah. Here's the World War One. Yeah. Triumphant, but also dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Quite unique. Nico thing there ah, is yeah, fantastic. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat. Yeah. I haven't talked that much about the vocal delivery from Bruce, but it's really good too. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. And then you got that eagle. That eagle. <laughs> they even play that live somehow. I, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's sampled in, yeah, I think in it's sampled. Kenny's keyboards. Yeah, I think it's yeah. supposed to be a shell. Or no, something. it's a real eagle actually. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Kennedy does the eagle sound. Yeah. <laughs> a microphone. Yeah. Piazza Mike. Yeah. <laughs> he has a piazza mic on his eagle. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Love it. This is so good. The drums. <laughs> A drone and C sharp. Isn't there a bit of swamp? Yeah. 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 A little bit. Yeah. Super musical. Yeah, it's super good. And I like this. Isn't Steve singing here too live? Or maybe he's. I think this here. is where Adrian sings live actually. Ah. I'm, I'm not sure about it though. It's an incredible bridge. Yeah. I think it's my favorite bit of the song in terms of mm. the sung part. Danik, right? Yep. Yeah, reusing his licks yep. again, but. Yeah, I've heard them before. But I've reheard his licks many times during the show. <laughs> They're all there again. Richie Blackmore. Yeah, Richie Blackmore for poor people. Poor man's Richie Blackmore. That sounds a little better. <laughs> I, th I, I thought you said poor, poor people. I... Yeah, I did, but I had to rephrase that. <laughs> that's what I did. And that's, okay. that's, that's, not, that, that's not what the oh, saying no, goes. No, not as good. Uh, the poor man's version of the saying was that one. That's true. Nice return here to the main cadence. You get some harmony soon in the last chorus, right? A sign of a good chorus is that I like it more the last time it comes. That's so true. Bruce goes up in a higher register, so... Just, uh, yeah, that, yeah, I heard that one in my head, and then he did it. Yeah. You gotta yeah. do this. Huh? 
Maybe this is where Adrian mumbles upon my life. A compliment of the I also just like those power parts. A little epilogue, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And this is where I feel it's totally motiv motivated. Yeah. It, it is sometimes. Sometimes not. But it yeah. is sometimes, yeah. Also, his singing on this is really good. Yeah. See my spirit on the wind Across the lands beyond the hill Friend and foe will meet again Those who died at passion It gets to be theatrical and I think that's Yeah I mean Bruce is Dynamic, so good right? Yeah. yeah And dynamic, yeah It's really a dynamic song, I think mm, Yeah, he hits a nice um, um, what's the word timbre there at the yeah. end mm. it's softer a bit like um, you don't hear Dio singing soft that often but when he does it's it's really cool to hear it mm. because they are well I guess typically would be referred to as powerhouse heavy metal singers Yeah. so it's cool when they go into the soft dynamic like Dai Young Dai Young yeah, yeah or uh, Sign of the Southern Cross as, as well that's true yeah with the with the soft falsetto in that one, yeah, this song is kind of a masterpiece. I we recently did No More Lies, which is another one that I had totally dissed when it came out, and then I said it might be my favorite of the new millennia, and I think this is a contender as well that could be a favorite. So this one, Brave New World, is another one, the title track, mm. and uh, and uh, No More Lies actually in three very different ways too. Like none yeah. of them can really be compared to each other. But now we're doing this one, and I was uh, I'm really won over by the track, and a lot thanks to Henrik and Anton actually. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know you guys do good yeah. music. Mm -hmm. I know you're musical guys. So, and for me, I've said many times, it's uh, I'm not a super communal man in life. I'm not so much for the commune or the village or the estate or whatever. I don't care for it. But in music, I am very communal. So I listen to what what you know my community thinks, and and I reevaluate or I. You know, I don't immediately reevaluate, but I give it another chance. Mm. And this is one of those examples, and it makes me really happy. Actually, this is great. Yeah, it, but yeah, well, nice, nice of you. For you, for you. I was going to say something totally different, but I just realized <laughs> you had said something very nice and yeah. poignant, and I was going to go about my only thing that I sort of disagree with with this song. So it felt so <laughs> strange to bring it yeah, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, he's free to. But yeah. uh, the, the only thing in no. the song I disagree with is that, that break. But again, I totally gave him that, flack, that slack because the song is so good. So yeah, go ahead, Henry. Yeah, but the only thing I can't understand is it's a very... It's, I like the vibe of that... It's a very synthetic oboe sound going on, you know... Over the super synthetic, yeah, but it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But the thing is, it plays a, a thing over two, well, two or possibly four measures or something like that. But they come in and start singing the second verse over half of it, so the that thing gets displaced, and I feel that just really strange. They should have started over when the vocals started again in the in uh, the second again, verse. Explain that again because I didn't notice this. We so should. It's it, it's half of the figure half of the figure I'm, 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 and then the vocals kick uh, in the middle of the figure is that the problem you, you know after uh, we have the uh, however it is zoom always filters out guitars sadly oh okay 
we will hear this in the i don't know why zoom hates guitars but we will hear this in your recording that you're doing right now <laughs> but then it's not going to help you but i mean we, we have off, after the intro you the oboe thing kicks in or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it is and then you yeah. get the a, a, a sung part and then that thing comes in again and then they start singing and then they start singing over half of that thing da, do, da, do, da, do, da. and they start singing da, do, da, do. and then they start so they, they get from the da, do, da, to da, do, da, do, da, 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 and i think yeah. that's really odd. so you feel like it's a structural a structural error, error in some kind of way well, not hmm. error okay. but i feel it could have been better optimized yeah bet, optimized yeah that's a good word yeah. yeah well you can call it error because Generally, there are no rules. So, like calling something an error is just subjective, right? Oh, uh, yeah, subjective, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. something I anyway. would have done differently. If I mean, in exactly. this otherwise very fine song. That's the thing. Where actually, about talking about music in general, when people start to like being maybe, I I tend to do this as well. You try you try to be very. Uh, very much like in my opinion mm-hmm. in my opinion this is not yeah. everyone's opinion but i mean actually when you talk about music everything is in your opinion anyway so it is, you, know, yeah. you, you can call I it mean, an error it doesn't mean that it is an error no. uh, objectively uh, that's all but also what do we do well, essentially you know what we're doing here is you know discussing our feelings exactly. about some some something that, yeah. you know, that and you know in a, in a, about something where i feel like you know it's it is hard to serve sort of, there's no quantifiable this is you know, for some 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 people might love this and people hate this, and they're both right. That's yeah. the thing, and that's so we. So that sort of goes without saying, I think, if you're doing exactly. This. But I mean, it's so the same when we, we talk about just... clicks a while back. Uh, you remember, Eric? You probably remember we talked about click tracks live and that kind of stuff. And I was dissing it, and then yes. I kind of went and ahead and said, "Of course, there are no rules." You know, mm. that's the beauty of music too. There are really no rules. You can you can do a lot of weird shit or a lot of hokey shit, and it's it's all free game, really. You know. Mm. And it's fun to talk talk about. Maybe because of this, <laughs> that's maybe why it's fun I to think, talk about. Yeah, as well, I think you know? that's one of the things because we everyone has heard different aspects or dis, different elements of songs. I mean, I just realized now that when we were playing back the song, there's some really strange melody things that I'd never thought about. During, I don't know if it's the second verse when they kick when they kick in and play the full band. There's some things going on like little little little. They played just emphasize the ending of phrases and vocal phrases. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's a true sign that they were in the soul in the studio. Instead of just streamlining every verse. They're pretty committed to this track. It seems yeah. like they see something in it, and they, they are willing to put in a little bit of that extra effort. Yeah. yeah. Maybe going back to my dog analogy, mm. they are revisiting the hungry oh the hungry dogs of the eighties. You know, they are not comfortable dogs in the sofa in this one. Mm-hmm. I think it seems like they're really onto something here that was totally went above or under my head as as I was seventeen and I listened the first mm. time. You know, I can't tell if it was above or under. It doesn't really matter. The point is, I totally missed it. I. I didn't get the the depth of this track, mm. you can say. And it's great with a band that you're obsessed about. This is awesome to be able to revisit stuff. Yeah, it's so cool. Absolutely. I don't know when I discovered the synthesized sounds in Strange World the first time. It was the the last 10 years. So, Oh, you got to be on that episode then. I, I hope I am. I hope I have claimed it. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> remember. Yeah. I mean, it's a sublime song, yeah, uh, Strange World. It, it really stands out. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that's interesting. I mean, that Indeed. apparently, yeah, as you say, they actually chose to embellish things on the studio version to add those melody yeah. things going. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that says something about they feel, oh, this sounds nice. This needs this or whatever. And it's instead of just, oh, we're going to play just live and sit in the studio, you know. It's, it's a song about a bloke. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody so, wrongly yeah. accused of doing something. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah. This what's the actual This song details alleged untoward behavior. I'm married now in it. Yeah. <laughs> can't tell you really. I can't tell you no one. Mm. Well, you can't tell anyone about any song lyrics, so it doesn't matter if you're married. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh with uh, with your good friend and my good friend now, Matthias uh, Henrik. Mm. I I laugh with him about Steve being like one of the person with the biggest emotional influence on this world, I can safely say, but he can't put anything into words in a conversation. No. <laughs> it's so fun. No, exactly. He really can't. <laughs> like, no. It's so fun that, you know, and also it's, it's a telling of how much uh, a person can influence uh, positive emotions, but you got to find your way to do it. Yeah. He, he sure did. But if he would have been sweeping the streets, as he said, mm. you know, he's not that eloquent. No, 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 no. But he's not. <laughs> no, but he's he manages to to channel it into his musical output. He, he, he so. built the platform. Yeah, yeah, he built the platform, and we all came. You know, I think that's something Eric usually says, right? If you build it, they will come. Yeah. Yes, I said that. That's not from a movie. It's a quote by me. Do not, do not do this. <laughs> well, you, you phrase it yourself, <laughs> did you? Yes, I'm in. Yes, well, 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 well done. Well done. Yeah. I love it. Mm. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> good. Yeah. You came up with it after <laughs> after several other people's came up with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's another thing. Mm. But we all, we've all done that too. We've all done that too mm. when we write songs and stuff. It's it's like the riff to Wicker Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a priest song? Judas priest song. Yeah, running. Yeah, no, yeah. is it running wild? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, running wild. Yeah. So there's a thing in the uh, I've seen it I've seen it, I think the first place I saw was in the office but I know that it's been used since then in various context. so there, so this uh, this, uh, this guy is boss here he, he has he's written an inspirational quote on the on the on the whiteboard and it says it's a Wayne Gretzky quote so it says but he but the way he did it, he has the quote he has that's Wayne Gretzky then under he has additional dash with his name on it so it's him, like it's him saying <laughs> <laughs> Credits to me for crediting Wayne Gretzky. So it says, it says like you miss one hundred percent. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. Under, Michael Scott. <laughs> oh, is it Michael Scott? Oh, of yeah. course it is Michael Scott. Yeah, what a lovely character yeah. actually. I prefer yeah. him over David Brent, I have to say, and I'm a big fan of. I'm a big oh, yeah. fan of British comedy, me too, me but uh, Michael Scott was by Steve Carell. Then very well done. It's about the bloke. <laughs> about, it's about, it's about bloke. bloke, right? <laughs> it's about bloke, right? Yeah. We haven't. Did we miss anything important here? Yes, yeah, Henry we're missing something. a very important thing that they 
could actually have been recording this song exactly now, 20 years ago. Because the album was Ooh. recorded between like January and May. I think May includes mastering, but yeah. The mastering that never happened, or you mean the mixing? The mastering that oh, never no, that happened. Oh, no, that was the next album. That was the, the next, next album. album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, so, um, they might we have... We haven't talked so much about the sound production here, but yeah, finish your point no, first. No, no, the point was just that it's just it's 20 years ago, and they were, they were in the studio recording Dance of Death at this, maybe not at this hour, but in March 2003, so... And in England. And in England, Sarm Studios, I guess it was, right? I think so, yeah. Because yeah. they said something about... Well, they said something about not having done that in number, but of course they recorded it in the 90s in, in, in Barnyard and all that. Yeah, but I think this is... I don't know. I should Google that because I just realized, if is it Sarm? I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was London, actually. I think it's in London. Yeah, but yeah it's that's the first time recording since, in London. Since Number of the Beast, yeah. can wrap up the tune. Fantastic song. Would never have discovered the level of quality that is in here uh, had I not done this podcast. I don't have much to say about it in terms of critique. You know, the fact that it didn't reach me at 17, well... I blame myself for that more so. Mm. And I would say again about the length of the song. We mentioned it before, right? Is it 843 or something? Something like that. Eight, eight, eight yeah, and a half, eight. something like that, yeah. Mm. 834. Eight, 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 okay. It flows by very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's uh, I think, one of the more, one of the quicker experiences of a maiden song, eight minutes plus. I agree. It has more of an epic vibe of the 80s than of now. Mm. Yeah. I totally agree. Incredible song. One of the best in the um, new millennia for sure. Mm. Absolutely. To the hells of human power Every man must play his part Tell all the men we kill The human heart is hungry still Standing back for the very last time as a standing man Never wait for the whistle to blow Rush of blood all the So obviously this is going on 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 the yeah. list. On yeah, the yeah, infamous yeah. list. Absolutely. I had a thing about the list um, that does not need to be brought up now, but it could be. And uh, that's but you that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so uh, I thought about this, Eric. And uh, let's have your opinion in real time here. When we, are, when we are done with all the tunes, I felt that mm. the most interesting part of the list, uh, well, what is it to you of the top 50? What would be the most interesting bits of the top 50? In terms of, uh, you know, if you order the songs into classics or into wild cards or into randoms uh, or personal, you know. I mean, the way I've always envisioned it, it would be um, because if, if, I, if I were to make if I were to make a top 50 list on your own uh, today, just mm -hmm. on my own, and I do it again in six months, some stuff is going to be switched out on yeah. Pleasure. But the way I figured we would do it is my my envision my envision that's not the word my vision you 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 don't have an envision you envision <laughs> like, so what what I'm envisioning is 
a vision of a uh, like we we get like a round table of guests who've been on before. I think we just have to go through each song and a uh, quick discussion and vote and vote and the ones that get the most votes stay the yeah. ones don't yeah, well that's you know. been mentioned but i think the first thing you said there is what i was fishing for you said that some things may be switched out and i think that's the interesting part of what is to be the yeah. top 50 yeah. because what is not interesting is rhyme of the ancient manor hello be thy name you know phantom of, of the course opera. they're going to be there yeah. of course a phantom of course they're going to be there so i thought when we get there we get those ones done with when we got the list like the ones that are clearly going to stay are not super interesting it's not like whoa, what's gonna happen to Rhyme with Ancient Mariner? <laughs> just put it on the, just put it there, you know, just just tag it, and then we vote on the rest. You know, I think that's the better idea because that's the interesting segment. Yeah, the, I the, agree. The actually, songs that, yeah, the songs that may not be in there because why vote on Rhyme? Come on, Rhyme is in there anyway, right? Do you agree or? Yeah, 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 yeah. So of I course. think we could do like fifteen, twenty songs and just staple them in, and then we can vote because that's when it gets interesting. I- well, maybe yeah, that could be also. Like, but it's also. The, the, of course, the, we're not um, going to vote on rhyme. I guess you agree with that. No. Why would Why would yeah, we? Yeah, why would we? It's, no, it's not going to no. be. I mean, even even if it was voted out, I just throw it right back in. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to vote. It's not going to vote out. But I think it's also sort of sort of been the sort of fun about when we've um, just in the pod in general when we get to the songs that are a bit like like this is probably this is an interesting um, one for for if it's if it's going to yeah, be there or not. not. This is one of the interesting ones, you know. Yeah. But I mean the fact that I think a lot of times the ones the odd, the oddball ones or the slightly the the or the ones that you wouldn't expect to have a lot to say about are the ones that turn out to be fun rather than like you know like like uh, the, the number of the beast episode. Oh well, know, and stinkers are fun. Just, we know that they're very fun too. But like for number like some songs, I don't need to do any prep. I can just show up and just because I know there's so much to say about them, and and that's true. But there's the ones you wouldn't expect that are the kind of fun ones to do. I feel I don't have a number for these staples, but I'm sure. It's not that interesting to vote on them. So I think we do that when we're done with the list. We pick those out, we staple them in, and we're not going to be too generous, you know, just the ones that are clearly in there, you know. And then we work in a panel, like you said, with the rest of them. I think that's the interesting Rather, shouldn't you exclude all the given ones and then have a list of the 50 songs? Maybe even because so. You're like you're you're taking oh, my method even further now, yeah. and I like because it. Because I totally agree with what you're saying. Because you can't you can't mess with number of the beast or hell be the name or whatever. So, yep. Yeah. No. 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 It's just. I like that you're you're, you're, you're taking my my concept and running, uh, making it even more extreme. And running free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to mention that uh, I forgot to do it last week. We we have uh, we have the t-shirts up for pre-order now. Yeah, please buy one. I'm gonna get one. Yeah, please. Are we extending the period of orders? I think I think I want to extend it to at least mid March, mid April, because mid March would be like in a year from now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's gonna be a while until um, <laughs> we do t-shirts again, right? So we shouldn't we shouldn't rush. Yeah, yeah. So I think probably probably the next time we do a run of shirts would probably be perhaps around the three year party. Yeah. Makes sense. Or around graduation, which might or might not happen next June. Indeed. When you can graduate from Maiden ATC school with a bachelor in Maiden. There you go. I look forward to that. I think actually that bachelor is going to be way better than many bachelors out there, to be honest. (laughs) I I would agree. Better than the School of Hard Knocks. 
Livet tror jag skola. Rotation. Anton has not been on in a long time, so Anton, what have you been listening to? And I mean, you, you can obviously pick anything from since you were on last time. Uh, you don't have to date it. Uh, yeah, sure. I'm thinking of two. Is that fine? Two is great. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. Fir- first one is an artist called Desire, which is uh, like synth pop with a with a dark edge. Really cool. Like a modern Depeche Mode or something. The album is called Escape, but you have to splice in the song Black Latex. It's like the whole world has gone mad. Black Latex. I saw you in a dream again. All dressed in blue. Crossing the tide. Yeah, super cool. And the second one is a Norwegian death metal band called Obliteration and the album Necrosomes. I have to do the song Catacombs of Horror. That's that's a Catacombas banger. Catacombs of Horror. Yeah, exactly. There's this flea market on Sundays in Stockholm at Hötorget uh, Square in the middle of the city. And they usually have loads of stuff that people just don't... Some people just get rid of it and other people seem to think that people want to buy it. And some people bring records and I found one. I'm actually going to get it. Not that it's going to make any sense in the pod version, but you need to see it. Hang on. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Candlemas, a Swedish doom metal band. Very good. And uh, in the back of my mind, I have recognized that I know that there is something else that is Candlemassy, and I did find what I was thinking about, and that's this album. This is, mm-hmm. I mean, Tales of Creation by Candlemas has the same Gustav Dore cover, but this is Ralf Lundsten, a Swedish sound electronic ah. sound artist using this cover ah. in the 70s. That's a very good-looking, ominous-looking cover. It is cover. a fantastic cover. This is 1972, and uh, it's yeah, well, it's it's electronic music. I totally can't believe that Henrik Johansson did not take the chance to name-check track two on this album, since it is entitled precisely "Hallowed Be Thy Name." That's missed opportunity as far as connecting vastly different fibers of the cloth of culture. I mean, I'm an artificial intelligence computer voice, and it even crossed my hive mind. Uh, in, in its very 
electronic form. So I've been listening to that, and it's actually not as because I've listened to some of his Ralph Lundsten stuff before, and it's been very, you know, and. So electronic in that I call it sometimes electroacoustic sense that it's not computer. Yeah, but his his stuff is somewhere in between those two. But now this one was a lot more electronic and concrete as well because there are bird sounds and thunder and stuff going on. So it was and the, the eagle. He had the eagle from Michael Kenny. Yeah, he, yeah, I mean, yeah. Eagle, um, Michael Kenny sampled this album. <laughs> what do you think about the eagle sample? I actually dig it, but I, I guess it could be a bit. Where do you get get it from being an eagle? I think it's. I always thought it was going to be sort of like a shell wailing sound. Gotcha. No, for me, it's an yeah. eagle. Yeah. Well, you can't I'm, change that, Henrik. You can't change gonna. it. <laughs> it is an eagle. What are you talking oh, thank about? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Operations in shambles. As for tagline, famously, Henrik does not do that mm. kind of stuff, and I w- would not be the one to put him. To that task. Good so for you. Like, uh, challenge that. You know, I like you the way you are, Henry. So uh, let's let's do it like <laughs> I really do. <laughs> You're laughing. I really. <laughs> no, I do. Too. No, I do too. I do too. I don't know that. It, yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree. But I don't know that him saying a tagline would change him. I think it would. <laughs> I think it, it's, it's you know a sellout what? move. If you don't feel it, don't do it. You know what? You are right. I was thinking this. Uh, you start it. I just say and, and Anton do the the little squad. Skål from the north. Yes. yes. Oh, right. Okay, until next time. Up the irons. And... Skål from the north. Nej, men då så. How you to say, innit? Innit? Innit?